You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And we are, you know, really just struggling to get through this because it was a heartbreaking loss for Team Stefan. Um, Team Stefan just comes up short and I know both of us were were really invested in the game and it, it just hurts to see the team that you love so much that you've been supporting for three weeks. Um, it's just tough to see him lose like this. It's like I always, like I always say, never trust team Stefan. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean the, uh, I mean, you know, I guess in totality it was, I guess my personal view of the all-star weekend was, eh, it was fine. Um, I think the all-star game itself, objectively, I think, you know, I think the, the general sense was that the game was obviously more competitive. There were actual indications of defense being played at times. Um, and so certainly it looked a lot more like sort of what people, I think, want out of an all-star game. And going down to the final possession, obviously, um, made it, you know, a lot more fun to watch this year. Uh, selfishly, as a Giannis stan, that's mainly where my meh comes in, <laughs> just because, yeah. uh, I mean, Giannis shot under 50% in, in an all-star game, which just doesn't seem like possible, but um, six out of 14 from the field, four out of six from the line, seven boards, two assists. Uh, he did have a block, but it was incorrectly ruled a goaltend on Kemba Walker, 16 points in uh, 27 minutes, tied for the game uh, team, team high in minutes with Steph, Harden, and DeRozan all played 27 minutes. So, um, so yeah, Giannis... Um, you know, I told you on Friday I wanted the MVP, and uh, I guess it just seemed like it wasn't in the cards. Like when they, it seemed, I think they were like, I think there were like two or three attempts where it looked like he was going to an alley oop in the first quarter, and the pass was either picked off mm-hmm. or way over his head. And, um, and yeah, so he really, it's amazing how few easy buckets Giannis got out of this game, or at least easy buckets that he didn't have to just completely manufacture himself. Um, and he missed a bunch of jump shots, and, you know, so that's kind of how you end up with. An inefficient 16 points in an all-star game. I mean, it sort of felt like he was making his run at the MVP in the third quarter, right? Like when he took the... Those pull-up threes were third quarter, right? Or was that fourth quarter? I think think so, yeah. Like when he took those pull-up threes, it was like, okay, he is going for it right now. Like if he's going to get the MVP, it is going to be this moment as, as Team Stefan pulls away and he hits some threes, gets up to... I don't know, whatever it would have been, and then the game kind of starts rolling, and he gets some dunks and stuff like that, but he missed both both of those threes, and then from there, things weren't um, incredibly easy. Um, so yeah, I, I think a, a little bit disappointing for Giannis, and just, um, it, but again, at the same time, like, disappointing all-star game for Giannis would be, like, getting hurt. 
Like that right. would be yeah, yeah, yeah. actually disappointing. Like this is just disappointing in um, some s- sort of standum that you were hoping that uh, Giannis would somehow have just a- another great performance like he did last year. Um, and really, who knows? Maybe we won't see another. Like that might be his highest scoring output ever. Like if if guys are going to start playing defense again, like. Maybe he yeah, does. 30, Thirty-two points is tough <laughs> to like, score if, if they're if they're playing defense and you have to show the ball. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe he won't get there. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think ultimately a little bit disappointed. I and also I thought the most interesting thing that game had going for it down the stretch was Giannis and Embiid at power forward and center, and on one end the LeBron team just attacking Embiid off the dribble, and then on the other end, Team Curry being like, okay, Joel, Joel Embiid's a mountain of a man. You have nothing. You, you can't stop him. So let's just keep feeding it to him. And then in the end, they took Embiid out. And then all of a sudden, it was Draymond Green protecting the rim. And believe it or not, he is not as big of a deterrent as Joel Embiid. As much as I enjoy the defensive stylings of Draymond Green, that, that just wasn't going to be the case. And I thought they kind of gave up an advantage that they had there. I thought it was interesting. I tweeted out something about Embiid and Giannis being the United Nations on the back line, but that there was that sequence where Embiid gets the block as they try to take him off the dribble, and then the ball's getting bumped around, and Giannis swats it off the backboard as hard as he can, and Team Steph comes up with the rebound. And I, I thought that was really interesting, and then ultimately they decided to go away from it. So... For the record, that's Eric Name calling into question Mike D'Antoni's late game rotations in the All Star game. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, it, no, it, it no. was kind of. Let fun. me keep it was going, kind of, Frank, because I got more. So you're gonna tell me you need a three late, and somehow you don't put Lillard or Thompson Lillard? on the floor? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was crazy. Like, what are you doing? I will definitely yeah. question his rotations. Yeah, well, but even putting, I mean, putting Embiid in as well. I mean, Embiid, I think is. Mm-hmm. His three-point percentage this year, I want to say, might be worse than Giannis's. Like, they're both at around 29%. Um, so he had a couple tonight, obviously. But, um, I mean, and I get it. Like, a lot of times you put in a big guy to screen and stuff. But I don't really think Embiid did anything particularly useful on, yeah. on the last possession. So to to not just put in all your, your three-point shooters. I think he did put in Clay Thompson, at least. But, um, but yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know. It was it was weird. And I mean, it, interesting. I mean, Steph Curry was probably the least valuable player of this game. Um, four out of 14, three out of 11. Man, him and uh, Harden. Like those were the two guys competing for it. Yeah. Six. Turn- oh, yeah. That's true. Harden five. I didn't even realize he was five out of 19. Um, seven rebounds, eight assists for Harden. So, yeah, I mean, Harden and Curry, um, you know, we, we talked about, man, it'd be nice to see Giannis get some pick and rolls with those guys. But really didn't happen. Like they pretty much just had Giannis kind of standing around on the wing. He was staying in the corner a lot in the fourth quarter. He's kind of, I think, waiting to crash um, when guys went in the paint or shots went up. Um, so I'm sure, you know, uh, knowing our, our Bucks fans, but, you know, many people were pissed off that Mike D'Antoni didn't know how to properly use Giannis. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. It's an all-star game. Giannis, uh, did you did, did you see Russell Westbrook's interview where Giannis? I couldn't understand what exactly he said, but he was he he joked and said something to Westbrook during. I believe he his, said he's traveling all the time. He's always traveling. Oh, okay. I think that was okay. I think that was what he said. Okay, so uh, so yeah, I mean that was kind of fun. Uh, uh, Giannis crashing the interview that Chris Lello was having with with Westbrook and Westbrook laughing and um, a merry time was had by all. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Giannis didn't look to get hurt. 
so that was yeah. uh, that's that's really the the only the only fundamental thing we we were you know above all else hoping for. Um, so disappointing he didn't obviously have a bigger night. Um, but yeah, again, just stars didn't seem to align literally or figuratively in this case. And um, whatever, now you get a few days off and back to uh, back to basketball as usual. How wild is it that a team like that the Steph Curry team that is just loaded with shooters goes 17 of 65 <laughs> from three, 26 percent, yeah, 0 for 8 for Lowry, 2 for 13 for Harden, 3 for 11 for Curry? Like, okay, maybe you could have flipped some of those around and said Giannis went 0 for 8 or something, and like, I just can't believe Lillard 3 for 8 is okay, but man. Just looking up and down the team, it's a roster stacked with shooters and just nobody hitting them. So kind of a strange thing there. Um, if, if those were if if the Denver Nuggets had just taken the place, if the the Denver Nuggets we saw on oh, Thursday yeah, had they just, killed had just take, killed they would they would have scored two hundred points in this game. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the interesting thing, right? The obviously it was played at a crazy fast pace because it's an All Star game. Um, but you know the the ratings of the two teams one twenty and one seventeen point six. So um, I think the Bucks were at 120 on Thursday, yeah. just for a frame of reference. So I think the Nuggets were like around 130. So um, the Nuggets and and Bucks played in a more efficient scoring game in a regular season game on Thursday than than the All Stars did on Sunday, which um, is weird and obviously speaks largely to uh, the fact that they were just, it, you know both teams were just chucking threes and neither you know the other team shot 33 percent, 19 of 58. So neither team shot well from three, and the East team. Only, or sorry, the team LeBron only shot six free throws total, so that obviously affects things as well. So, uh, so anyway, not that anybody needed us to to break down the uh, well, they got the it advanced stats, care. but you're getting yeah, it. there you go. But, I was tweeting uh, out advanced stats all night, so that's that's just that's our brand, Frank. Like you, yeah. we just gotta own it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I you know it, it was fun. Hopefully, um, you know our our friends at the uh, Golden State of Mind, the SB Nation Wars. Uh, uh, site I think tweeted that both teams were clearly trying harder and called it the Giannis hashtag Giannis effect. Um, and I don't think there's this. I, I I think that that you know again I think guys in general wanted to to play harder, but I think I think people defended Giannis more more clearly this year around just because they knew that yeah. he was going to defend them and um you know it made, it made life a little bit more hard, a little harder on Giannis uh, among other things so uh so yeah fun game glad it was competitive and um I don't know what uh, do any any other thoughts on the game otherwise um I, I don't know if you want to talk about the just horror that was the um the sort of ancillary stuff around the game the pregame show in particular we, we can do that um, um <laughs> I was gonna say I, I think I think Giannis and Embiid, really, both of those guys tried, I'm not going to say hard, um, but they were bringing it for most of the night. Like, early on in that game, you saw Giannis try to, like, poke the ball away from LeBron on, like, the first offensive possession of the game, and then uh, you saw Embiid and Giannis have a little give-and-go early on, and, like, it just looked like, yeah, like, and again... I don't know if you can credit anyone. I don't know if you can credit uh, the $100,000 that each of the winners was getting as opposed to the $25,000. I don't know if you can credit the charity idea where they're giving more money for the winner this year. I don't know if you can credit 
the draft, whatever you want to say. But dudes definitely tried harder tonight, and I, I guess to to me that's a that's a welcome sign. Like I'm happy uh, to see some of that. It made the I, I think certainly the final six minutes of the game uh, more exciting, and it, and it was kind of cool to see. So, um, all right, uh, I, I would I would say as well if if ever there was a place for the Jason Kidd swarming defense, it's probably the All Star game because it's all about. <laughs> high risk just yep. surprise people by actually sending multiple guys at the ball which uh we saw the the team lebron do uh very well at the end of the, I think it was the end of the first half <laughs> yeah. right they forced two turnovers yep. with on the warriors not being able to get the ball at the court and they were like flooding the strong side a couple times and with <laughs> katie and lebron i mean you know not not probably not two better guys to go flooding flooding the strong side with than katie and lebron given how big and, and mobile those guys are so um so that was surprising and then we saw it again there at the end where um Steph looked like he had a decent look maybe from like 30 feet if he had pulled up on the last possession but instead kept dribbling and the whole spacing went to shit and um you know they end up not even getting a shot off which is kind of a crazy way to uh, to end an all-star game so um so yeah funny to see sort of the wild gambling defense uh make its appearance in an all-star game and actually at times you know actually work out but I think the main thing is it seemed like guys didn't want to give up just dunks like nobody was getting out of the way really um and so the the kind of laxness of the defense was more in the i'm i'm not going to really close out hard i'm not going to really challenge shots like if you want a jump shot i'm going to give it to you um which is which makes sense right like it's (laughs) it's actually a reasonably uh if you're going to now expend expend energy selectively in an all-star game that's probably the way to do it yeah, and I mean, like, Giannis took six free throws, and those six free throws came on plays where last year he's flying by for a dunk, right? Like, those those are just uncontested, no fouls, and just straight through for a hammer. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see. All right, um, this is now going to be locked on Frank complaining about Kevin Hart. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I don't think I hated the whole intro as much as a lot of people, like I was very indifferent to it. Um, but I do like Rob Riggle who like randomly showed up as like the, you know, other guy with, with Kevin Hart. Um, and at least it was Kevin Hart and acting, realizing that he's not good at basketball. That was like sort of the overarching theme of it rather than Kevin Hart, uh, trying to be the MVP of the celebrity game. So, um, so in a way I didn't care actually as much as a lot of people, but it was just sort of like, whatever, like just get me to the game um the the intros where kevin hart was you know sort of roasting people um didn't say Giannis's last name because it was too hard or whatever whatever it's just kind of lame I, I mean i didn't I, I don't really care particularly but um it's just like you know the nba it's just like nobody has any good ideas so it's just like oh i don't know people love kevin hart so let's just and he'll show up for anything we want and whatever <laughs> so it, it just seems kind of lazy at this point like you know I mean, A, you don't need to have like a comedy music routine at the beginning. Um, although, I, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I mean, whatever, it was fine. Um, but it, it just like, I don't know, just give me the game and I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't find any of the jokes Kevin Hart told particularly funny. Like no. it, and like it, like it just didn't serve a purpose to me. Like if he wanted to do his fake announcer voice and just announce people's names, like, okay, that's cool, whatever. Like it, I don't love it, but that can be totally fine. And then Giannis, Giannis' last name jokes, one, I don't think they were ever funny. And two, 
if they were funny at some point. It was three years ago. Maybe more. I, I don't even know at this point how long ago it's been. Maybe his rookie year you could get away with like the novelty. like That could still be a funny bit. It's not a good bit anymore. It's just not funny. It it hasn't been funny in years. Um, and I thought I was stupid. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Um, all right. Uh, you want to talk a little bit uh, dunk contest, three-point contest? Or do you well, actually, the Fergie, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say, the, that's probably partly why I, I, in hindsight, don't mind the intro as much, <sighs> just because Fergie's rendition of the national anthem was just like, so overcooked that oh my god like oh my god fergie like man it's sort of like i i I forget i I think um it was sort of like the kind of uh as like national anthem you would hear in vegas at the all-star and the at summer league where like literally it's like summer league quality people singing because they have so many games every day that and they have national anthems ahead of all of them so um you get some really dicey national anthem singers and (laughs) In this one, it was it wasn't so much. It was like kind of like you knew that Fergie could sing, but it was just like she was going for way too much, you know. Um, it was you know Giannis pulling up from thirty seven feet type type stuff. Like like that's not that's not in your range, Fergie. Um, and it was weirdly sexual for yeah. what it was. I, I it was yeah I I it it was I was glad that it was just you know, immediately destroyed by everyone on social media. Even even like the TNT guys um, at halftime were yep. throwing serious shade at it, which was justifiable. Yeah, I was going to say, I heard the beat start, and in my mind, like, one of... I mean, there's not... I don't know. There's not a ton of memorable national anthems in the history of sporting events, but Marvin Gaye's in L.A., like, is very memorable and was awesome. And he did, a, like, a total Marvin Gaye rendition for the... 83 all-star game in, yeah, in los angeles um sometime in the 80s and it was awesome like it was super cool you should go out and watch it it's a super enjoyable two and a half minutes and only someone like marvin Gaye could pull it off and when i heard the beat hit i just thought to myself oh no no you can't do that you you're not talented enough to do that. Like you, you know, Fergie, that's a bad idea. And then, yeah, it turned weirdly sexual and, um, yeah, it was, it was just, a like, I, ugh, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, so yeah, the entire 30 minutes leading up to the all-star game, total disaster. Um, and the bare naked ladies singing the Canadian national anthem were also really bad. It was just like, yeah. Oh, that was, it was kind of like, wait, most of you guys don't normally sing, right? But you're all singing, and that's not helping. And is this why you guys haven't been relevant in like 18 years or whenever the last time Bare Naked Ladies were relevant? Not that anybody ever should have liked the Bare Naked Ladies to begin with, but um, but yeah, that was bizarre. That was just a very I, I'm I'm fascinated. Like in the NBA, like there's obviously somebody who's responsible for you know, the execution of all the pregame stuff. And they're going to have a very awkward week. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that they need to lose their jobs, but uh, that 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 was um, pretty brutal stuff there uh, in terms of the, you know, the way that was executed. I, I did enjoy the halftime show more with NERD. Um, NERD with uh, Chuck the Condor and Bango and all the mascots, like, <laughs> 
weirdly joining their crew that was uh that was more enjoyable um but i yeah whatever i don't really oh and then i guess like migo showed up right i know who migos are uh even though i don't know much about hip-hop that that was fine i guess uh also reminded me because i know migos do the new like nba like uh on espn like their nba abc theme mm-hmm. um which you know whatever it's fine uh and I, I just think back to remember when uh oh, oh god <laughs> what's his name I can't even remember his last name. Rob from Matchbox 20. Rob, whatever. He did that song with Santana as well. Oh, Rob. Um, no, oh, what is his? Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. Yeah. Remember when he did a, 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 a the theme song for like ESPN or, or ABC, bat, like the NBA on ABC or whatever? And it was like used throughout the playoffs one year. And I just remember thinking like, who the hell? Like, know your audience. Like, what the fuck is this like I, I don't know like so i am at least thankful that we have moved past rob thomas doing the nba's theme song during the playoffs um but uh but yeah uh some some very questionable decisions overall and um uh, i don't know I, and i was gonna say i feel like they're two they're only like two historically like relevant national anthem performances like good ones i mean there are some other like bad ones like i remember like carl lewis had that really bad one yep. in the early 90s i think uh at, a, at an nba game but um uh, but the only two i feel like that like really matter as being like gr- the great ones one the marvin gay one which uh people other people seem to love more than i do whatever it's good it's fine it's cool whatever uh and then the whitney houston like 1991 yep. i think it was at a super bowl yep um and I want to say that growing up, going to Brewers games, I feel like I feel like at some point I went to a Brewers game and they just like literally played that on the screen on the screen because <laughs> they didn't have anybody <laughs> sing it. I feel like that happened at some point. Okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm making that up, but that's that's an all timer as well. It is. Um, so rest in peace, Whitney and Marvin. Um, uh, if uh, although uh, unfortunately, uh, there's certainly a, a rolling in their graves uh, type type feel to to what. To what uh, Fergie did tonight. Yeah. Not a great look from Fergie. Um, and everybody else who was involved in basically all the other festivities tonight should be thankful that Fergie's going to be taking the fire tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, because there was there was not a lot of great stuff there. But anyway, I'm uh, trying to, any other? As I say, I'm trying to think of who tweeted it out, but some NBA journalists I follow um, tweeted something during that maybe the afternoon or maybe yeah, it had to be this afternoon where it was like. Hey, FYI, there's going to be cowboys involved in the intro. Like, I'm at the arena and just saw them, like, backstage doing some walkthroughs. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, ooh, yeah, I don't know if this is going to go very well. Um, That's not great. And, yeah, um, it did not go well. So uh, let's talk a little bit about All-Star Saturday Night. Um, Any thoughts there? Um, I think the dunk contest kind of... Is always at the top of people's list as they're trying to figure out what they hate and the things that <laughs> they want to complain about, um, which is totally fun and I think probably logical. Um, I will say this this is how I'll start our conversation about the dunk contest. Just don't put a Vince Carter jersey on. It's yeah. just it's just not in your yeah. best interest. No matter what dunk you're trying to do, if it's a dunk he did, whatever it may be. Just don't put a Vince Carter jersey on because you will never, ever, 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 ever do a dunk as well as Vince Carter. Like because Donovan Mitchell's dunk, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like it was not a it bad dunk. It was a good dunk, yeah. But 
the moment you put a Vince Carter jersey on, that means I need to go look up Vince Carter doing that dunk and put it side-by-side side next to your dunk. And you know what? That's a losing proposition for you every single time because you're Donovan Mitchell and he's Vince freaking Carter. So you're going to lose that one every time. So um, that was my first thought. I thought there were some cool dunks, but overall, the uh, uh, this it's going to keep coming up. The best dunk contests are the ones where you do original, thoughtful ideas. Like that that's just gonna be the best. Doing retro dunks, doing all these other things that are homages to the past. Like okay, that's great, and that might get you a forty five in some round, but that will not make your dunk contest truly memorable. You have to do your own dunks. You have to be creative and original. That is the the truest thing I can ever think of in the history of dunk contests. Like, no one has seen a dunk for the fifth time and been like, ooh, wow, that was incredible. I'm so happy that he reminded me that that guy did it 10 years ago or something like that. Like, just be yourself, be creative, and be original. And that's that's going to lead to a good dunk contest. Yeah, I mean, I, I rewatched the, and again, I don't know if we'll ever see a dunk contest like the, I guess it was 2016 when Zach Levine edged Aaron Gordon. Um, I, I don't know if we'll ever see another dunk contest like that. And maybe it's unfair to compare other dunk contests to that one. Yes. Because, you know, the, the Vince Carter dunk contest in 2000 may be the sort of most impressive and it just in terms of like historically and so historically significant performances, but like, Nobody really remembers anybody else who was even in that dunk contest, right? It was all about Vince Carter and and just the incredible dunking that that he had, and especially because that was his only performance in dunk contest ever. Um, whereas the dunk contest in 2016 was really like a terrific contest, right? It was going dunk for dunk between these two guys, and I mean there were probably five or six dunks in that contest that were I rewatched it the other day that were like better than mm-hmm. all of the dunks in, the, in this contest, um, and probably. I mean, most of those were dunks literally we hadn't seen before. Like, I mean, Levine's ability to dunk <laughs> from like basically the foul line do like, you know, between the legs, like windmills. I mean, he he's he's really on a different level because and that was part of, I think, what was made me less excited for this one, because when this gets a little into the technical side of dunking, but um, you hear, we, we occasionally talk about like two footed versus one footed leapers mm-hmm. and like Donovan Mitchell, I was watching highlights from the season. I mean, he never dunks off one foot. That was no. one of the questions about him coming to the league. Like when he drives to the basket, you know, fundamentally as a guard, like it's, it's advantageous to be able to go off of one foot. Cause you don't have to slow yourself down to gather off two feet. And he is a guy who normally has to go off two feet, especially when he's dunking and he generates great power, but it's all sort of like the same stuff. And I think that's sort of what we saw, right? Like all of his dunks are basically like two footed, like windmills basically, which which look great. Like the one he had um, where he caught it, I think off the backboard and he caught it really low or maybe I think it was off the backboard. That was a super, that was a visually awesome dunk because he, cocked it he brought it way low and he only and used just, one hand like he yeah. caught it low with the right hand yeah it was it was cool looking dunk i thought that was maybe his best dunk um just from like an aesthetic perspective um and other than that i mean i, I guess probably dennis smith's 
uh, Dennis Smith's like lefty, whatever that was, 360 between the legs. He went between the legs on that one. I'm now I'm like trying to remember. Yeah, yeah he went. It was. it was in between the legs, but like against the grain. Um, like DeAndre like Jordan had done it in like yeah. 2008, I think, in that dunk contest. Um, that no, it must have been more. DeAndre was in it a few years ago. It was more recent than that. He yeah, that been could in the be. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. But DeAndre didn't. DeAndre also didn't really dunk it that cleanly. Whereas yeah. like Dennis Smith was was cleaner and he's smaller, obviously. So yeah, I mean that was probably the the coolest dunk. Um, the Larry, what was your opinion of the Larry Nance double rebound? I dunk? liked it because I, I yeah. don't. Dwight Howard has done it better. Um, I'm trying to think what year he did, uh, whatever, dunk contest years don't really stick out to me. But Dwight Howard has done that dunk before. But I saw the Larry Dan- the Larry Nance one, and I thought he had literally grabbed it, tapped it against, like with two hands, hands still on the ball, like tapped it against the backboard and then dunked it. And I thought, okay, that's super not impressive because everyone has seen some high schoolers do that dunk. But then when I saw that it was a toss and then a catch and then a dunk, I was, I gotta say, I was, I was pretty impressed. And I would say that's probably in the, I think that's probably right next to the Dennis Smith dunk um, for just kind of what the the best dunk of the night. I, I think that would be, for me, that would be in there. It would be those two. It was probably extremely difficult, right? Yes, um, degree of difficulty it, it, very high. The degree of difficulty seemed very high, but it also just didn't look very cool. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. like that to me, that's why, like if I'm a, if I'm a judge, to me that's not in a grand. I know they only can give it like a one through 10, but like to me that's not a 50 dunk just because it doesn't look cool. Like it's just yep. like, oh, I have to watch it on replay to appreciate how technically difficult it was, but it didn't really actually look look that awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I also I don't Victor know. Oladipo, get it together, man! Yeah, like man. you just can't just keep everything. missing dunks. If he threw down like that, it was kind of like a no look, like crazy reverse two hander. Like if he throws that down the first time, I'm very impressed with that dunk. But you can't miss that three times um, just because, like I. You would have thrown it down hard. I would have been impressed, and I would have watched the replay and saw that you were kind of like looking out into the crowd and not really focused on anything. And then I've been more impressed. And uh, like, just make dunks, man. Yeah, and yeah, and I thought I was kind of curious to see what Oladipo could do because when I was rewatching like these guys' dunks from this season in games, I mean, I think Oladipo is the best in-game dunker. I mean, well, Nance is probably the best but he, he's kind of obviously a different kind of dunker because he's a big guy mm-hmm. um but among the three small guys I, th- I think oladipo is actually the best and sort of most variety has the most variety to his in-game dunks he actually can dunk off one foot in games unlike dennis smith and um and the mitchell who are mostly just sort of two-footed gather guys windmill guys um but but yeah I, it, it was definitely there were some some nice dunks um i i got excited when i saw a uh, quick change come out for uh, for for the I guess that was for Larry Nance, right? His, I think yep. his first dunk, right, was was quick change came out. Um, but it also made me appreciate that that wasn't a very quick change from Larry Nance. So I thought I thought maybe they would. Try you, can't, you you can't bring out quick change <laughs> if you're not going to change quickly. Like that's yeah. the whole idea of quick change. It took that way made, too long. Quick change were probably like well when they realized that they were just going to hold up a thing and not actually. Do any like quick help changing? him do a quick change. They're probably like, okay, that'll make people appreciate 
<laughs> what we actually do um and now i'm actually want to go into a youtube hole and watch some quick change um okay stuff which if people by the way if people don't know what quick change is it's like this man and woman they like do this halftime show where they like kind of like dance and prance around and they do this thing where they literally change their clothing i don't know how i don't know 20 times i don't know like it's a lot and it's literally like it's like they're it's like a illusion magic type type thing and they literally just change their their clothes in like an instant over and over again which i don't i can't even really describe it because i've never really seen anything else like like it um so shout out to quick change um so here's where i'm at um quick change comes out and matt velasquez and i were brainstorming on this someone's got to bring out red panda next year like you flip a flip a a, a, like have her kick a ball rather than a bull or something or like because I would assume I'm trying to think of how high her unicycle is, but it's probably it's pretty damn high. It's like tenish feet, probably. Um, so just we'll have her balance a ball on her foot and correct. like grab it off her foot. Yeah, yes, that would like, probably be the best. That would work. Or if you would tell her in advance, like get it to a spot where she can put a ball in the bowl, flip the bowl onto her head, and then the ball <laughs> go up in the air, and you catch an alley from Red Panda. Like that's. And, and again, you you have to practice this ahead of time. Like Red Panda needs. You got to get on her schedule. That's not easy. Yeah, correct. Um, so you got to get her in there. But if you hit that first time, that's I, I can't even. You don't even have to do anything cool. You could throw it down with two hands. Like just bringing Red Panda out there. Like as long as you can stylize it a little bit, my mind will be blown that Red Panda flipped you a ball for you to to throw down in the dunk contest. Like. That's an immortal. That's an immortal slam dunk contest dunk, like catching an alley oop from Red Panda. And I, I, honestly, before this dunk contest, I didn't know that halftime acts were able to be used. Now that I know, like my whole world is kind of changing. Like, uh, th- what is, is someone going to bring out Simon Says, and then he'll tell you how to dunk? Like, is that going to happen? Because if so, I'm into it. Um, so uh, th- it just kind of opened up my entire thinking to halftime acts that could somehow be involved in a dunk. And Red Panda's at the top of the list. So someone hopefully is listening to this. Do it next year. You will win the dunk contest if you get a Red Panda alley-oop. One thing I will say, though, um, I don't want... And, and for anybody... I, I think we've talked about Red Panda on this podcast before... If anyone's not aware of Red Panda, if you're an NBA fan, you probably have seen her. Um, she is a halftime uh, entertainer. Uh, she's originally from China, um, but for, I don't know, uh, at least a decade or maybe two decades, she has been performing at halftime where she gets up on a unicycle. And literally, she puts bowls on her feet and then flips them onto her head. And uh, I, 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 like her precision in doing so is just remarkable. She's a probably the most legendary yes. uh, NBA halftime uh, performer. So uh, yeah, if you can involve her, that would be, that would be huge because everybody who loves the NBA knows about red Panda. Um, I feel like I would say balancing the ball on her foot and grabbing it off of your, her foot that or might, something like that. It'd be pretty cool. I, th- I think that'd be cooler just because when I think of like her kicking a ball into an alley-oop, like the dunk yeah. still has to be awesome because like you remember when Steve Nash did his little yeah. um, rainbow the like soccer was cool, thing? but the Mari dunk was just like a one-handed. Yeah, like, it was just yeah. like a one hand, and it was like we're not like I know the showmanship comes in and the creativity comes into it, but like 
the hardest part still has to be like the impressive part. The most impressive part still has to be the dunk, right? Yeah, the that's the alley oop. That's true. The, it can't all be the the novelty of the alley oop, and then it's just like, oh, I'm just going to do a regular dunk. Like, no, nah, that's garbage. So. Anyway, I feel like we're doing a lot of work for potential uh, future dunk contest participants here. Um, but Ooh, yeah, patent I, I feel pending. Like, I, I yeah. will take some money for this for yeah. this consulting. I, I, I think done. I would say though, I think a lot of the stuff uh, on Saturday night, it was it was not like a. I wouldn't say it was a bad dunk contest, but it was it left something to be desired. You know, yeah. like Larry Nance putting on his dad's old uniform and doing his dad his dad's like sort of one handed kind of reverse windmill thing. That was very cool. I mean, we kind of knew it was going to happen, but like he didn't pull it off on the first try, you yeah. know? Um, it seemed like nobody kind of like the, the best dunks all needed a couple of attempts. It felt like it's not um, a good thing. And, you know, and then Donovan Mitchell's Vince Carter dunk. It, it just wasn't nearly as well executed as Vince, Vince Carter did. And, <laughs> and how was, could it be? You know, again, it's, it, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like the whole point is, you're not Vince Carter and he's probably the greatest dunk contest guy ever. Um, so, so it's tough. Um, I also like Vince, uh, like Donovan Mitchell throwing it off the, the other basket to me, that was like one of the, like, I mean, they mentioned this on the broadcast, but like that really isn't that interesting when you really think about it. Cause like typically when you're, you know, guys are working out in gyms, there's a wall behind the basket and it's like, dudes throwing balls off walls like an alley-ooping like that's actually been that's not i've seen 10 high school dunk contests that have pulled off that dunk yeah that that's an easy dunk and then probably the thing that really just made me shake my head the most even more than the vince carter thing was (laughs) bringing out kevin hart who is a tiny person oh no bringing out kevin hart and kevin hart's kid and donovan mitchell's sister um, and then making them squat down to get over them. Like, dude, two weeks ago, I watched Giannis jump over Tim Hardaway in a game and dunk. And Correct. you're telling me you got to make Kevin Hart squat down. <laughs> like yeah. literally th- that's like, why even have him there? You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I thought that was really lame. And that dunk was actually pretty cool. But the fact that they had, you know, that he wasn't, he didn't believe he could get over anything bigger than Kevin Hart you know, making himself small and he's already a tiny person. Like, I was just like, that is not that cool. I'd have significantly fewer questions about the dunk if no one was out there. Like, if if none yeah. of those people were there and he did that, I'd be like, oh, that was a cool dunk. Like, I'm all about, like, with Mitchell, since he can't really jump off of anything other than two feet, like, he was doing a lot of stuff where he was just using one hand to catch. And to me, yeah. that's impressive. Like, technically, that's difficult. Um, and you have to find a way to be able to do that as a smaller guy. So I was I was impressed by it. But then, yeah, you bring out three small people and then you have them crouch. And it just opened yourself up for lots of questioning. So it's okay. We will probably never remember this dunk contest. It'll be forgotten in time. And that's okay. We will hope for a better one next year. Um, I think that's going to be good for us for today. We have a long time until a Bucks game. Uh, we don't have a Bucks game until Friday night against the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. So um, we're going to have a couple days here to talk about bigger, bigger picture ideas um, and talk a, a little bit more about the Bucks. So we'll do all of that coming up. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.